Hey guys, it's Amber Bixby, and you're listening to another episode of Adulting Take Two, um, my podcast where I have guests on and explain what they did in their young adulthood and tell me what I should be doing now that I get um, a take two of mine. Um, and my first one was strange because I was a teen mom. Um, thanks for listening. Um, feel free to um, rate, subscribe, review uh, my podcast it can be found on all the all the major podcast streaming apps um yeah so today my episode um i i got to interview my friend tom rosen and it was really interesting and insightful he definitely had a very different time than i did in his in his youth in his 20s um So I really hope you enjoy this one. I thought it was really fun. I thought it was a great conversation. Um, I guess some updates from the last episode, if you've been following along. Um, On the first episode, Lisa Friedrich and I uh, discussed how she thought I should make out with a neighbor. (laughs) That was her advice. So um, I have not made out with a neighbor. Um, I've thought about it, and I've, <laughs> I've oogled at a neighbor, um, in a non-creepy, very far away way. Um, well, that does, saying it was really far away doesn't make it sound less creepy. I don't know why I said that. No, uh, I'm kidding, though. I have not made out with a neighbor. I had a date this past week, and, um, the guy was terrible to the bartender. It was... It was a literal shit show. Well, not literally, but it was as metaphorically a shit show as of a date that I've had in a while. It was not a good time, and I was due. I feel like when you're on the apps and you're dating, um, just every once in a while, you have a really bad time. And I think I was due because the last several dates I've had... um, even if the guy and I didn't like click, we kind of wound up being like friends um, or, you know, keeping things on a friendly term or just, you know, disconnecting and not really talking. Neither one of us wanted to contact each other, but this guy um, was the kind of rude to the service industry <laughs> that like, he would talk loudly about them to me so loud that they could hear and just be like I guess I'm not gonna get my drink anytime soon I guess this isn't gonna happen I guess like oh I don't like snooty places and I guess I'd be nice if I got a drink and a menu and I was like we've been here for 30 seconds dude you need to chill (laughs) and you're being rude uh to the person who's right in front of you and I'm not on your side um and I kind of wish I'd just gotten up and left um but at that point I think I just felt like kind of trapped into oh I have to stay for a drink and then leave um or else he's gonna continue to take it out on these (laughs) bartenders um I don't know anyway what an asshole anyway I say all that to say, don't be rude to the service industry. Don't be rude to your bartenders. Don't be rude to anybody on a date. Um, I mean, don't do that at all, ever, anyway. But, you know, on your first date when you're, like, supposed to be putting your, like, best foot forward and showing 
the likable parts of yourself. Man, it was a bummer. I could not get out of there fast enough. All right. Um, well, I hope you enjoy today's episode and I will talk to you next week. You ready to do this, bitch? No. Okay. <laughs> well, here we go. Uh, hi, guys. This is Amber Bixby, um, and this is my podcast um, that I've, I think I've named. I'm not quite sure. Called "Did I Miss Something?" Um, this is a podcast about how I had a baby at 19. I got pregnant at 18 and a half. And so I did not have the normal, um, I guess the quote normal, um, experience from the age of 18 to now. Um, but now everybody's having kids. I'm 36 now. So from 18, I would say like early thirties, I did not have like a normal experience. Um, so I'm just having people on having the guests tell me, what their experience from that time period was like um because mine was constricted with uh, co-parenting and raising a baby and also just being so financially strapped from raising that baby that i couldn't really do much of anything i did do some things i shouldn't like paint myself as like this innocent inexperienced like little worm or something anyway um so today my guest is Tom Rosen. Tom, how are you today? I'm doing great. How are you, Amber? I'm great. Thanks for having me on your podcast. Um, it's usually what people say, but you didn't. So thanks, thanks for having me, Amber. Oh, you're so, so glad to be here. That's so nice. So nice of you, Tom. So happy to be here. I'm <laughs> um, just teasing. Okay, so Tom, like you are in the Austin, Texas music scene. Um, in the mid 2000s, is around, that right? Around there, yep. Yeah. So in 2005, I was squeezing out a baby. What were you doing? Ooh, 2005. I mean, specific to the music scene, I think I actually worked at Austin City Limits, Lollapalooza, and Bonnaroo that year. Oh, that rules. You worked for Lollapalooza and Bonnaroo? I did not know that. I, uh, well, that was the, I think that was the first year of the like newer Lollapalooza where they just do it in Chicago. So, and that's the same guys as ACL. So I was already working for the guys that did ACL. And I went up to Lollapalooza and it was, my part of that job was a shit show. Um, and then I did overnight security at Bonnaroo that year. Oh. Um, Okay, I have so many questions. First, how was it a shit show? <laughs> uh, well, Lollapalooza and Bonnaroo were both shit shows for separate reasons. Um, Bonnaroo, we it was basically me and a bunch of buddies rode up on buses from Austin to Tennessee and worked this part of Bonnaroo called Cinteroo, I think, that was the only part that was 24 hours. It went like everyone gathered into that part if you were still partying it four in the morning and everyone was on a bunch of drugs and everyone was insane. Um, 
my part of the insanity of that, <laughs> I, uh, the last, man, I guess there's two stories. I don't know if there's a statute of limitations on something. So maybe you have to edit this out, but <laughs> God damn it, more work. <laughs> <laughs> but there was, there was a, each, there was like six security companies from like all over the country and each of us shared a trailer with one other company. So we had found out, me and me and my closest friends were kind of the managers of the like 50 or 100 people. It was, you know, four of us were the overnight managers or something like that. And we had noticed the day before that the security company staying in our trailer had confiscated like a hefty bag full of drugs the day before and held on to it. So... We, and when I say we really meet, went, <laughs> went to the guys and went, hey, no one's going to use these things. Uh, maybe we should figure out a way to procure them. So we made a little plan. Um, no one was there. No one was at the trailer, but we were worried that someone would see us. And I volunteered to go procure these things. So we had um, a girl that we knew that was working with us, uh, I asked her to call over the radio and ask for a bathroom break if she saw anybody approaching that trailer when I was in it. So I went over to the trailer and I like ducked down and was crawling on the other side to see if I could find anything. And my radio goes off and you know, uh, W whatever her call sign was, I need a bathroom break. So I crawled back over to my side and got up, uh, opened the door and was greeted by a guy three times my size that grabbed me by the collar of the shirt and slammed me up against the wall. My God. <laughs> so this guy was the head of the security company next door. He was also a, a police officer. Oh, so, <laughs> um, I somehow got out of it. I um, convinced him that I was needing to find batteries for for our radios and that we were out of them or that they weren't charged. And they ended up calling the head of security of Bonnaroo over there at four in the morning, who I wish I wish I remembered the sentence he said to me because it was the like most beautiful string of I hate you, you're a fucking asshole, piece of shit, whatever <laughs> thing that I've ever heard. And uh we sat around for an hour. I had another friend there in the trailer. We acted out, you know, I knew they could hear me outside of the trailer. So it was basically acting out. I was just trying to get batteries. I don't know. I'm tired. It's been a long week. And they batteries ended up. Batteries at four in the morning. Yeah. I mean, so I somehow got out of that. They had their eye on me. They were staring at me the rest of the time I was there. Anyways, the the end of that trip. Um, we had snuck off to the liquor store and got multiple bottles of whiskey. And the last night that I was there <laughs> while on duty, I drank an entire bottle of whiskey. Um, and then we got on the bus and someone else had a giant pile of mushrooms, which like almost everyone on the bus ate. So I don't remember the entire bus ride back from wherever that was in Tennessee to Austin. Um, mushrooms on a bus. Yeah. Mushrooms on a bus. And I I do, like, I was told that I, apparently I thought that we were still at the 
at the show because I was standing up on the bus telling people like, you need to go back on this gate and you need <laughs> to go over here. And the only thing that overshadowed, the only thing that like took the spotlight away from me was that someone else on the bus pissed themselves and, and that <laughs> had like was running down the middle of the bus. No. So kind of took the spotlight off of me, but that was the, yeah, I'll say well, that guy. I hope you thanked him. I don't remember. I didn't even know who it was. I was just told. I was just retold the story that I lived. (laughs) (laughs) That was the shit show of Bonnaroo. Wow. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, so, so did you travel like pretty often then for music and, or Um, working? No, I mean, not really for music. It was mostly in Austin. I did, I did a couple of short, like almost like a mini tour with like Pat Green and some of the Texas country guys. And then I, you know, Chicago for Lollapalooza. But besides that, everything else was pretty much in Austin. Oh, oh so you, you toured with Pat Green. How was that? Was it, that fun? It wasn't really. I mean, I was, I, I, it was like a mini tour where me and my buddies were like stagehands. So um, it was just within a couple hours of Austin. So it wasn't, um, it wasn't anything crazy. It was fun. They were nice guys. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Uh, did you ever have to work with anybody who was not so nice? Well, famous? You, or... Yeah, you don't have to say names, but... I mean... <laughs> People love a good, like, <laughs> this person was a dick story, uh, even if they don't know who it Lance was. Armstrong was a fucking asshole. I, I didn't have to deal with him for very long. It was like five minutes, but that was enough. He was... But he doesn't even do music. What was he doing? You're right, he doesn't. He was... <laughs> <laughs> so I did music, but I also did, you know, private events at, at the some of the venues that no longer exist now. Uh-huh. And he was speaking at a fundraiser. Oh, you were so, speaking. I yeah. was like, how did y'all cross paths? Yeah. I've crossed paths with him. I've never met him, but I've just seen him, like, at a comedy club that I was doing a show at. Um, how was he? <laughs> <laughs> well, he did not go up. Uh, <laughs> so I'll say that. <laughs> so it was just, he was there and, and I, the security was like, everybody just leave Lance Armstrong alone. Nobody talked to Lance Armstrong. And I was just like, I would not have recognized him if that was, you know, cause I don't think I'd seen the dude except on TV in like 10, 15 years. I wasn't thinking about it. But, uh, yeah, he just kind of kept this security bubble around him. Yeah. I don't think Lance Armstrong laughed the entire show. (laughs) I don't know what that I don't know if he has (laughs) real emotions, so. Yeah. Well, and we were also, like, I guess, uh, like, the person working security at that show was also, like, don't ask him about how he was disgraced. And I was like, <laughs> why in the world? <laughs> like, hey, you're Lance Armstrong. Oh, man, do you want to talk about your scandal? <laughs> you want to talk about your fall from grace? Yeah, <laughs> I would love about. to talk about it. Also, let's talk about how, like, Cheryl Crow has that song about you. Isn't that him? I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Anyway, all right. So uh, you have mentioned that you have a story about you when you went to San Diego. I did. I do. I did go to San Diego. I do have a a story that this was, 
I think I was 22 or 23, so it was 15 years ago or so. Mm -hmm. Um, I had a moving company at the time, and I had a call to move someone from Houston to San Diego. And it was a good deal. I think your husband worked for like NASA or something. I was told to charge him whatever I wanted. And so normally I would have had one of my guys do it, but I wanted to go. And I took one of my best friends with me. And we took like a week to drive out there and stopped in Arizona and got into San Diego on the last day. And it was getting to San Diego at like three o'clock or something, unload a truck and then leave the next morning. So get in the San Diego, get get all the, the truck done, drop the truck off, and we go to, go to the hotel. And uh, we had a friend that lives there that has, you know, a bunch of connections. So we met up with him, and he got us into these bars we wouldn't have normally been able to get into, and it was a good time. And at the time, um, I was fond of uh, harder substances than I am now. Mm-hmm. And... And jelly beans. Jelly, yeah, those <laughs> albino jelly beans. Um, and our friend there was supposed to supposed to hook us up. I think it was actually my birthday, either that day or the next day, and so it was a celebration with white, with albino, with cocaine, and. Uh, <laughs> oh, okay, no more, no more med with cocaine, and uh, hung out with him for a while. He couldn't, he couldn't find it. And that's where the the real fun began. So we, we hop around San Diego and we get this, um, what do they call like uh, pedicab guys? You know what I'm talking about? The, yeah, uh, I think they're just called pedicab guys. Pedicab guys? I think so. Pedicab like pedicab, guy. pedicab drive, guy. Pedicab drivers. Pedicab person, pedicab. maybe. Pedicabbers. Pedicab. It's pedicabbers. Pedicabber. 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 Pedicrabs. <laughs> So we find this pedicabber, and he's a, I don't remember where he's from. He was a foreign guy. And I remember sitting on there, and my, my buddy and I were talking, and some something was bullshit. One of us said something was bullshit. And the guy, like, turns around as he's pedaling and goes, what is this bullshit? And we're like, what do you, we said, told him whatever we're talking about. It's bullshit. And he goes, no, what's, what is bullshit? So we got to teach someone the meaning of the word bullshit. And by the end of the the pedicab ride, he's like, this is bullshit. Everything, this is bullshit. And this is bullshit. And everything's bullshit. <laughs> so. <laughs> oh, yeah, that became his favorite word. Yeah. So that was the, the beginning of the fun. We we um, hop around these bars. We go down to this one basement and there's um, Tommy Lee's DJing. No. Which is a weird thing to see drunk in a different city. And it, yeah. we stayed for about 40 seconds and then turned around and left. The night goes on and it's closer to two in the morning and we're drunk and we were walking around the streets of downtown San Diego, going up to random strangers, asking them for cocaine. Like, hello, sir. Do you, do you have cocaine or do you know where to get any cocaine? Like the so, Greg Poupon commercial. Like, yes, excuse, excuse me. me. Pardon me. Do you have any white just, cocaine? Exa- exactly like that. So we're just at, like just indiscriminately asking everyone on the street. The last person we asked, my buddy asked him. And as my buddy is, it's like slow motion. My buddy is going... 
do you know where to find? And I look down and this guy has a badge on his belt that he's wearing. And I couldn't stop my friend from asking. So I'm wondering what the legal implications are of asking a police officer if he has any or knows where to get any cocaine. So I'm pretty scared. And But his reaction was he points in a direction and says, you're going to want to go down there. Okay. So we start walking. It's probably... I'm assuming wow. the bars close at two. The bars are closed. We start walking a few blocks. It's like two thirty in the morning, three in the morning now. So we find ourselves um, in the worst part of San Diego that there is. I mean, it is bad, very bad, very unsafe, like gang territory, San Diego. Mm-hmm. Two Caucasians at <laughs> three in the morning. Um, and so, yeah. So, yeah, so we found a person walking around, asked him for cocaine. Um, <laughs> My Lord. Um, I gave him $75, and he said he'd be back. And no, we stood, stood on the corner and waited about five minutes before looking at each other going like, he's, he's not going to be back. So we continued to walk around. Like It's had to be the worst part of San Diego at 3 or 3.30 in the morning now. Um, find someone else, same thing happens again. Wait, you gave another person <laughs> money? Gave and another they person took money. Off. Another person money. Finally, we walk down and there's a row, row of houses, and there's people on the stoops of the houses. And we ask someone, and that this this gentleman gives me for like a hundred dollars, gives me this small bag of stuff, and I'm okay. It's like four in the morning. We're walking around the worst part of San Diego. The booze is wearing off. So the terror is getting more to the appropriate amount. Um, And I swear the same pedicab guy that we found in the beginning, like show is is around there out of nowhere. And we, (laughs) we hop on his pedicab, our hero. And he pedals us back like, probably like eight miles to our hotel at this point i'm cash strapped so he pedals us all the way and it is tips only but i only have like 10 bucks so i give him 10 bucks and i swear he looks me in the eye and says bullshit (laughs) so it kind of went all the way around oh he got to like he got it all came he got to use it i feel like that was a Full circle. B- better thing than a cash tip was. Yeah, you got. You he got, got to learn and utilize. Yeah, he got to. He got to use a word. He got to use a, an important, a very important word in the English language. Do you think it was so. the same guy, or do you think that y'all were so fucked up that you just thought it was the same it, guy? <laughs> no, it was definitely the same guy. It was definitely the same guy. It was. It was hard to believe it was the same guy. So, we get up to the hotel room. There's. Uh, I snorted what was in that bag. It was soap. Wait, <laughs> was, how could you tell? It was you soap? you could taste it. <laughs> you know, is it? Oh, did you like put it on you? Because it's supposed to, a lot of people. Well, if you snort well, it, it goes down your throat. You can taste a it. A lot of but, people, you know. from oh. what I've heard in the movies. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. But no, I like you. You put it on your lip, and yeah. if it goes numb, then you know it's cocaine, yeah. right? So yeah, there was so little in the bag. I didn't want to. I was intent on getting all of it up the, up the, you know the yeah. the gold shoot, but um, <laughs> but uh, 
Yeah, so I ended up, I think I ended up figuring out it was $300 for one small line of soap. Um, we go to sleep. Call my pussy the gold we... shoot. Sorry. <laughs> to doom. <laughs> it took way too long. <laughs> we, uh, we go back to the, so we go to sleep and we wake up. There is the, my phone alarm hit my buddy's phone alarm the hotel alarm and the wake-up call ringing as we wake up about an hour and a half after our flight took off and we're young and i didn't have i had spent enough money to where we had to call his dad to pay for the difference on our next plane ticket (laughs) oh no how'd that call go was that good i mean it was shameful. I mean, that was, it, it happened. We got home. Yeah. But that was the uh, the story of San Diego. <laughs> so there's a few things in there that I would recommend doing if that's, you know. Oh, yeah. 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 yeah we can. Yeah. Go on. I mean, ask a stranger for drugs. That's. Should I ask a cop for drugs? Uh, Would you recommend that? It no. seems like that worked out pretty well. They were like, I don't go know. that That's way. That's a pretty game. I feel like I thought I thought when you told me that you guys had asked a cop for drugs that you were going to say he just laughed because he was like, no, he's that fucking stupid that they would come out. I no, didn't realize he was going to be like, you're going to want to go down that way. Well, no, you sent, he sent <laughs> us to like near certain death is essentially what he did and yeah 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 <laughs> like go down here where you'll probably get your throat slit and be left in an alley type yeah. of situation <laughs> <laughs> all right so ask a stranger for drugs <laughs> yeah and then <laughs> Te- teach a foreigner some new words <laughs> teach a foreigner some new words ask the foreigner while teaching him new words for drugs. Roll it up and <laughs> Oh, we're in. just gonna roll it all up into one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. These uh these sound like they're gonna get me killed. I mean, just be in, you know, the daylight <laughs> in the right part of town around friends. You'll be Oh, fine. ask ask a stranger for drugs in broad daylight. At like two PM on a Wednesday. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Work, work up to work up to work up to going into the bad part of town at three in the morning. Oh yeah, baby yeah. steps. Well, you know, yeah. Uh, I am a a woman, and a lot of lot of a lot of violence happens to a lot of people. But uh, well, have men a... on women violence is pretty high, and especially during what we call the raping hours. Sure, sure. Buddy system. <laughs> have buddies. Weapons. <laughs> Yeah, I'll uh, first find a friend to ask a stranger for drugs. Yeah, um, or threaten. I mean, if if you're scared, threaten a stranger with drugs. Take the mace out right away, mm-hmm. aiming it at their face. Do oh, you yeah. have any drugs? Um, oh, yeah. that I haven't done. So that would be a step above. Yeah, yeah. Rob somebody of their drugs. Armed robbery of drugs from someone. Yeah, There's just a all sounds like I'm gonna end up in prison and or dead. Do you wanna live? Or do you, <laughs> you wanna live? No. <laughs> I like that. Um all right. So um did you do did you did you do some dating? Because this was before 
So we're talking like, yeah, from your like late teens to like early 30s, there weren't really the apps. Maybe there was like OkCupid, but the apps is like a fairly recent thing. Yeah. So organically, it was the way. Do you meet? Do you meet some women in bars? Oh, Did you have like a pickup money. line in bars? No, I wasn't a pickup line type of guy, but I definitely did meet women in bars. How did you was, meet women in bars? Did you just make eyes at them? Sometimes. Sometimes I was lucky enough for them to come to me. Um, sometimes, you know, make eyes at them. <laughs> make eyes? like I would just wink. Hello there. Wink, and eyes. if I didn't get attention, wink harder. You would wink? Yeah. Yeah. Wink. No. <laughs> <laughs> Straight, and then, you know, and then it butt into a, a conversation and man you have, did you have to wink pretty hard <laughs> yeah um wink okay. hard enough to where you're asked if you're having a stroke and then there's something to talk about yeah right off the bat did you ever meet someone at a bar and then immediately be like oh no not this person and have to like wiggle your way out of that situation yeah I mean, I've had I've met someone at the bar and then woke up in the morning and had to wiggle myself out of the situation <laughs> at that point. <laughs> and then been like, oh, no, this person like that kind of. Yeah, I have. I mean, one of my I remember waking up in the morning once, luckily before she did. And I and this is back maybe before smartphones were really a big deal. So there weren't really locks on phones. And I remember waking up at least one time one morning and like quietly grabbing her phone and deleting my number and name from it. Oh my God. <laughs> and then wow. quietly leaving never to be seen again. Wow. That's intense. I, and you didn't get caught? Oh, the no. adrenaline though. You must have felt. It's kind of fun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That actually does sound kind of fun to like sneak around anytime like in movies where they're sneaking around like that i get so nervous for them i'm like don't get caught don't get caught no yeah. get the files that you need and <laughs> oh hide them no someone's coming oh god <laughs> uh and so i just imagine that in your head it's exactly like that <laughs> well like you were you're in a band though and so uh i i do comedy and um of a lot of friends who are comedians and I have some friends that are musicians and there is a big difference in the amount of people that will approach a comedian or a musician after a show and be like hey and like you know want my number and like flirt with them uh it doesn't really happen so much to comics uh like I, I, yeah especially me, I think it's only happened to me maybe a few times in the like almost 15 years I've done comedy. But did, was that like a thing? Did you get hit on for being a musician? Yeah. I mean, I'm surprised. <laughs> I'm, wow. I'm surprised that uh, I always had the impression that comedians got the same kind of uh, fanfare. Well, I think maybe a lot of like guy comedians do. I definitely have had, or maybe, you know, maybe, like, women will approach, like, guy comedians and, you know, I can't speak to, like, the, the gay community. Um, but 
I just know that in my experience that my me and my female friends, it's like doesn't happen often. And when it does, it's pretty cool. But a lot of times it's like a hot guy coming up and being like, hey, and, you, you know, you were great. And my girlfriend's in the bathroom and she really loved you. <laughs> like she really wants. And I'm like, cool. <laughs> Tell your girlfriend thanks. <laughs> I don't think I've ever had one. I don't think I've ever had one girl who who had a boyfriend when I was a musician musician approach me. It was no. only well, they may have single. Well, they, or they yeah, maybe maybe so. <laughs> but yeah, it's not not a lot of uh, straight guys going after uh, straight women. Or at least, you know, in my experience, intimidation maybe. I mean, there's there's a there's a section of the population. I this is what I think. There's a section of the population that if you are on a stage, that is attractive to yeah. men and women. Yeah. I mean, well, I feel like talent. Yeah, talent is attractive. Um, if you have a like, I've had a good set. I I mean, it's happened to me one time. I did a college show. And um, it wasn't like an official college show, but it was a show like like near campus. And it was like all like college students. And this guy like came up to me after. And um, this was I think I was like 33 or 34. And this guy came up to me and he was like, hey, that was really great. And I like to like buy you dinner sometime. I'm going to get your number. And I was like. Uh, you know, I have a, I have a teenager, like I'm a mom. He was like, I saw your set. Cause I talk about it in my set. And I was like, okay. So like, I'm, you know, I'm like 33, 34. And he was like, I'm 23. And I was just like, he was like, I don't have a problem with it. And I was like, man, I can't do this. And I look over and like some of my friends are just like hand over mouth, just giggling, just just like, oh my god, Amber's getting hit on by like <laughs> by a college kid. Um, and you know, he was like, but I was just like, no, I it just don't. I don't think I could explain that because I was like, I'm gonna have to go and explain to like my 14 year old daughter that I'm like going on a date with like a 23 year old. Like this isn't gonna go. And and I was like, this isn't gonna go anywhere. Like, if it goes anywhere, then I have to have a conversation with my 14-year-old about how I'm going out with a 23-year-old. Well, I think you're getting to something on your list here. Like, <laughs> your daughter's going to be 18. I think maybe you need to hook up with a 23-year-old at this point. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, my daughter is, uh, yeah. Yes, my daughter is going to be 18 in less than a year. Um, and I just, I do that math. I know like people who don't have kids probably don't do that math, but I, I do that extra math of like, it's not only just the difference between me and whomever I'm potentially going out with. It's a, the math between my daughter's age and them. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, ah, I can't like go out with somebody with like eight years older than my daughter yeah six years older than my daughter that just seems so fucking creepy and weird i'm familiar with that my my dad's my stepmom is nine years older than me so we'll see that just makes your dad sound really cool yeah. 
Well, it goes it, it goes both ways, female and male. So. Well, no, I mean it. It's not even just like a. Well, the society does view it differently, and I have dated younger, and I had people treat me like weird, and I only dated somebody five years younger than me, and like I had friends that were like, "It's kind of weird. It's weird," and I was like, "They're just we jealous." Had guy friends that date. Well, this was coming from a guy, and I was like, "We." You know, we have, I won't name names, but it's like, we have guy friends that date like 10 and 12 years different. Like, why are you judging me for dating someone five years younger? This is some weird fucked up society bullshit that you have in your head that you need to get over. This is your problem, yeah. not mine. But hang I'm also like, when I think about it, when I think about other people doing it, you know, like you said, your dad and your stepmom, I'm like, yeah, that's cool. But then when I think about me, I'm just like, what would I even fucking talk to a 23 year old? Yeah, I don't think about? you, I don't think talking is much of a part of it. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I'm just like, I, you know, well, that, and even dating somebody five years younger was like super hard. I remember putting on like, like Saved by the Bell had just come out on like Hulu or something. And I was like, oh, my God, Saved by the Bell. And he was like, what? And I was like, <laughs> all right, fair enough. I feel old now. We we have like a gap in our like pop culture knowledge. And that is makes me feel weird. Yeah, especially if you uh, figure out how old he actually was when saved by the bell comes out that's, that's oh the yeah. I, yeah that's the thing if you think of like a 10 year age difference or 15 year age difference even when you're like older it's not a big deal but then you think like when i was in high school they were three um that that yeah seems kind of weird you just got to block that stuff out well see and then that's almost like when yeah I don't know what I was going to say. Uh, okay. So uh, is there anything that you wish you had done that you didn't do back in your like 18 to like 30 year time frame? I never tried heroin. <laughs> There's still time. I'm just, I've never, it's one thing I've never wanted to do. Uh, and I know we were talking about this before we recorded, but I have always wanted to go skydiving and I haven't done that yet. And yeah. I, and, and it is something that you'd want to do. I mean, you can always go skydiving, but the older you get, I guess the more chance you have of breaking your legs because you get more brittle. So yeah, well, you should stock up on some calcium and vitamin D and, um, so your legs don't bow and, um, maybe go, go jump out of a. Go jump out of a plane soon. Let's go. Oh, now I'm going. <laughs> yep. Okay. <laughs> you know, I do have a vitamin D deficiency, so we'll, I don't we'll know just, about that. We'll shoot you up intravenous, hardcore dose of vitamin C for like a month. <laughs> okay, I thought you were going to say heroin. Bones of steel. Well, that, that'll that probably work too. <laughs> yeah, that might. I mean... I, I don't know if that would be more dangerous to shoot a heroin and jump out of a plane or just you just would you just be like falling like a gangly like person and the other person's just your dead weight for it the could, person you're strapped to. I think it'd make it difficult for the person you're strapped to. <laughs> I mean, I think especially that's the if only you were way I wouldn't be freaking out. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you'd also probably be I don't think the person you're strapped to would appreciate, you know, constant vomit in their face, which is 
probably be what would happen if you were. I think I'm going to do that anyway. <laughs> if we were talking about me jumping out of a plane. God damn it. How did this turn into me jumping out of a plane? All right. Yeah. More of that, less of the heroin for sure. All right. Well, thank you for coming on, Tom. I really appreciate your advice and your stories. And uh, yeah, this has been real bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for having me, I guess. <laughs> All right.